Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, one week to go. It's rivalry rivalry week. This is going to be the, the worst, trying to pronounce this word the whole time. Uh, we are back to preview week 14. Got a big old slate. Are you uh, you ready to go? Ready to go, man. I just housed an entire meatball sub before we started recording. Yeah, we, we've only been on this call for like five minutes, and I've watched you open and finish uh, and, and kind of clean up after eating a meatball sub. It's It's been an impressive display of eating, so... Clearly getting yourself ready for Thanksgiving is uh, we record here Wednesday afternoon, a little later than uh, anticipated than intended, but you know, life happens. It, it, it happens. So happens, but we're ready to talk about some games. I, I presume uh, we've got a, again, as I said, a big slate this weekend. It is rivalry week. Um, lots of the uh, bigger rivalries of the year going to have their uh, going to be renewed this weekend. Uh, Mike, let's just dive right in. We're going to start the only place we know how on this podcast uh, on Friday, at noon, high noon on ABC, which, by the way, there's something to be discussed on this game being scheduled at noon. But anyways, noon on Black Friday on ABC, your newly ranked number 24 Virginia Tech Hokies are a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Charlottesville. This is the Commonwealth Cup we're playing for. UVA has lost 15 straight. I need them to win this game so that my prediction of them winning the Coastal Division will come true. This is ultimately the Coastal Championship game. Mike, I, I have a feeling I know the answer to this question. Is it going to be 16 in a row? It is, Joey. Hmm. It is. Hey, at least you didn't pick Miami to win the Coastal. I, um, who would do that? Yeah, who would do that? Uh, they lost to Florida International. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you caught that. I, um, got some positive interaction on, on social media about that. Also got some interaction from Virginia fans who we happen to be talking about with this mm-hmm. uh year preview that we'll we'll get into it at a later time we're not gonna get into it on this podcast we got too much going on here yeah but, they're uh, big fans of both of our takes on virginia moving forward after this year like you yeah. said we'll get into that sooner than later but not today yeah i mean if you were personally offended by anything i said about i don't know going and picking up the soon to be 16 game winning streak uh birthday gift maybe to you know drive around here and there around town um if you're going to be triggered about that, don't hate the player, hate the game, baby. Uh, <laughs> sorry, just don't lose 16 years in a row. Um, that's all you got to do. Well, yeah, that's all you got to do. Uh, that's all Virginia has to do on Friday is find a way to, I don't know, not lose this game again at home in Charlottesville in front of God and everybody with a chance to go to the conference championship game. But, I mean, who's to say? Uh, okay, to the game. Enough trolling UVA. Uh this is going to be a very competitive game, Joey. Here's the problem with this for Virginia. They've had a banged-up secondary. Mm-hmm. They've had a front seven that has played pretty well overall, I think, uh, despite 
you know, what they've lost. And we talked about Bryce Hall extensively. I want to make that known once again on this podcast. We talked about Bryce Hall and that injury extensively, Joey, just so everybody who listens can hear it. UVA trolls. Uh, that was a big deal. Losing him was a gigantic deal. He's an all ACC corner. He is a all American corner. He is a very, very good player. He was a likely first or second round pick in this year's NFL draft before he did what he did to his leg. Uh, we'll see what he ends up being moving forward, but that was a really unfortunate injury for UVA. Uh, headed hooker Joey for Virginia tech has, done a very nice job since becoming the starter both running and throwing the football he's kept the offense extremely balanced he's been accurate he hasn't turned it over through the air you're more concerned about Hendon Hooker fumbling at this point than you are with him throwing interceptions right UVA needs to turn Hendon Hooker over in this game Joey because the Virginia Tech offense right now they can score with anybody in the conference except for maybe Clemson and I say that with sincerity and that's the truth Their offense for Virginia Tech has been very, very good over the last eight weeks. Very balanced. They're running the ball extremely well. They're throwing the ball extremely well. And they're putting up points. And even in this last game against Pittsburgh, Joey, terrible weather in Blacksburg. You know, the rushing offense couldn't get going as it had in recent games because of the weather and because of other elements, right? Pittsburgh's running defense being really good. Virginia Tech still found a way to score 28 points, 21 of them on offense and seven off the scoop and score on the fumble. The defense is creating turnovers. The offense is not turning it over much at all right now. And Joey, they're just playing very good complimentary football on both sides. I don't really care that they're going to Scott Stadium to play this football game. I throw home field advantage out the window. Virginia fans, prove me wrong. I don't see it happening. There's a reason why Virginia Tech calls Scott Stadium Lane Stadium North. There's a reason why they do that. Number one, it's to troll UVA fans because Virginia Tech fans hate UVA. But number two, it's because Virginia Tech fans tend to take over that stadium. So I'm seeing a lot of talk on social media. Our guy, Banana Slug, who's now turning into uh, one of our premier listeners of this podcast, which we absolutely appreciate. Our number one Virginia fan listener, I would say. I would say so, outside of maybe Trogdon. Um, Mm -hmm. Banana Slug was asking about the injury-riddled secondary. Uh, UVA's got a really good front front seven. I agree with both of those statements. Um, and, and he was asking how Hooker will handle the stage and the exotic blitzes. I don't think, number one, I, I think the exotic blitz thing goes out the window if you run the football well. I, I think you have to stay home against Hendon Hooker. I don't think you're as concerned about the exotic blitzes, assuming that Virginia Tech is able to run the ball well. Virginia has been good. They've been a top 35 defense against the run this year. They have been decent stopping the run. They're going to have to do that on Friday if they want a chance to win this game. They need to stop the run. They need to force Hendon Hooker to throw. They need to get pressure in his face. Exotic blitzes don't matter as much if you're able to negate it by running the football. Virginia Tech's done a really, really nice job at running the football of late. Um, And how will Hendon Hooker handle this stage? I don't really think that this is one of those games where he's going into Scott stadium. It's going to be absolutely deafening and he's going to be worried about the stage, worried about the noise. I think if Virginia tech loses this game, it's not going to be because Hendon hooker couldn't handle the stage. I think it's going to be because they got beat by a better team. Right. And I think that's what it boils down to. Um, but at this point in time, Joey, I'm not even sure Virginia is the better team. I think Virginia is good. I think Virginia is being underrated by a lot of Virginia tech fans because of the streak because of the way Virginia Tech has played of late. But UVA is still a damn good football team, Joey, and they could easily win this game in Charlottesville on Friday. I just don't see it happening with how Virginia Tech's played. I think Hendon Hooker, not Bryce Perkins, is the difference in this game. I think Virginia Tech offensively has more ways to hurt you than UVA. 
if Virginia Tech is able to get home to Bryce Perkins, everything else on the out, the playmakers he has on the outside, none of that matters because UVA has had a hard time running the football outside of Bryce Perkins this year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to establish something on the ground with Wayne Tillapapa if they want a chance to win this game because I'm not so sure, not so certain that Bryce Perkins is going to have this massive day through the air and he's going to be able to carry Virginia. So I like Virginia Tech in a close game. I think they win. I think they cover. I think it's inside 10 points, but I do think the Hokies win. I'm having such a hard time handicapping this game from a couple different angles, Mike. I mean, so... Obviously, the sentimental part of me says I've been picking Virginia to win the Coastal since like January, February, you know, and at first it was a discussion of, well, you know, seven Coastal champs in seven years, you know, finally completing that circle. But it was also a thing of like Virginia seemed like the most sure thing we had in the ACC coming into the season. Um, they had the, right. the, you know a really good dynamic quarterback coming back. They had, you know, a lot of promise on defense. And there were just so many questions about everybody else in the Coastal with new coaches and new quarterbacks or, or you know, questionable situations here or there that they, they felt like they were the right pick to win the division. And for the most part, it's played out that way. For the most part, yeah. And But the thing is here in the second half of the season, you know, I look at the way that these two teams have been playing. Virginia, it, it's tricky because Virginia is coming off a, a pretty easy win over Liberty. They pulled away in the second half a bye week, but then before that, it was like a close win against Georgia Tech at home. It was a a one-score win on the road at UNC. It was a loss to Louisville on the road. So it's, they haven't been dominant, you know, over the second half of their season, certainly since, you know, since the loss to Notre Dame, starting with that game, they're four and three. And, you know, with a couple of close games thrown in there. So it's like, they haven't been nearly as convincing as I would say Virginia Tech has been, and especially in their last three games. Mike, Virginia Tech in their last three games has won a combined 109-17. to 17. Yep. Like, you want to talk about dominant. They've pitched two straight shutouts on defense the last two weeks. Uh, before that, I mean, they, they've been putting up points on offense especially. Even against some of the really good defenses they've played, you know, they scored a whole bunch of points on Miami. They scored a whole bunch of points on Pittsburgh. All this stuff. Um I think the close loss to Notre Dame again was a little bit, a little bit fluky. I'm not gonna you know say oh they almost beat Notre Dame. It's like well, maybe that's what happens when you know Notre Dame's going in to score a touchdown and you cause a fumble on the one yard line and run it all the way back for a score and right. You know it. There's things you that your, aren't. You really, had your backup. You had your backup quarterback. You shouldn't have really been in it to begin yeah. with. You know. Yeah. You, I mean, you you didn't practice that. Put it that way. You, you kind of found yourself in the situation, almost pulled it off. It would have been a great win and all that. But I just, Virginia Tech is just playing better right now. I mean, they have been on fire really the whole month of November. Um, and, and Virginia has not exactly, you know, they, they have been kind of hanging on and they have not looked as convincing. Now, what I will say is that Virginia Tech, as much as they have been better running the ball since Hendon Hooker took over, they, they've had their struggles against some of the better defenses they've played, right? So you look again at the Miami, the Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and the Pittsburgh games. They have not run for four yards per carry in any of those games, and in two of them they didn't even get three yards per carry. So is, is Virginia good enough at stopping the run to cause some issues in that phase of the game? I think so, yeah. But the difference then becomes in what, what we've been talking about with that super beat-up secondary for Virginia is – now when Virginia Tech is going to have to go to the pass and they've got all those dudes in the wide receiver core, Virginia's without Bryce Hall. They're without all those guys in the secondary, and I, I don't know how they slow that down. 
Um, I think if nothing else, I'm going to take Virginia Tech here to win this game and, and to cover two and a half. It's a small spread. Wow. Going, going if, off of your preseason pick. If only for emotional hedging purposes, Mike. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if only for emotional hedging purposes. Um, but I, I mean, the small spread, it, it opened as like a pick em. Virginia Tech up to a two and a half point favorite. That tells me something. It's been 15 years now. I, I can talk myself into reasons. I mean, Virginia is well rested. Again, they played Liberty after a bye week. And meanwhile, Virginia Tech was traveling and playing a physical game against Pittsburgh, all that. Um, it's been 15 years. It's going to come to an end one day in theory. Um, it almost ended last year. It took some some pretty lucky finish for Virginia Tech to f- pull that out last year. Um, all these things, and yet I I think it's Virginia Tech's game to lose at this point. Uh, they they've just been on such a roll here of late that I don't want to get in the way of the train. I tell I tell you all that all the time, Mike. Don't get in the way of the train. And I think that's what I'm doing here. I'm not getting in the way of the train. Um, give me the Hokies to win this game. Um, yeah, seven, ten points maybe. I don't think this is a super high-scoring affair either. Um, especially, and again, as much as I think that Virginia is going to have some luck with um, slowing down Virginia Tech's rushing attack, Virginia Tech will not just quit on their rushing attack either. <laughs> they are going to keep banging their head against that wall until either they fall over you know, with a concussion or until that wall breaks through. And I really don't know which one of those is going to happen first. So... <laughs> I, you're going to see him continue to try to run the ball, but they'll be able to get just enough out of the passing game to, to win this game. Um, yeah, 7 to 10 points sounds about right to me. So uh, give me the Hokies. With it. Total's 47, Mike. Um, I lean under. I, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Famous last words. Uh, <clears throat> I lean under, but uh, I mean... I don't feel strongly. <sighs> High-scoring game, I think, favors the Hokies. Yeah, for sure. It definitely does. Um, so we'll see. All right, we're both on Virginia Tech. What could we, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Let's move on, Mike. So that game is on Friday. That's our only action on Friday. Let's go to Saturday. Um, we've got a, a, a few ACC games we're going to hit here, and then we've got the ACC SEC challenge here. After that, that we'll hit on. So let's start with the the conference games. First off, at three thirty on the ACC network, the Boston College Eagles are a nine and a half point underdog on the road at Heinz Field against the Pitt Panthers. Totals fifty one and a half. Boston College playing for their bowl eligibility lives. Mike, uh, they are at five and six. They just got absolutely housed last week in South Bend, especially in the second half. Not great. Um, they missed an opportunity a couple weeks before that against Florida State at home. Now they got to go to Pittsburgh and take on what has been a pretty pretty solid Pittsburgh team that loves defending the run. Um, is Boston College going to a ball game here? Nope. Nope. They yeah. are not. They are not. I and think this might here, be it. And here is why. Here is why. Boston College running the football into that Pittsburgh defense, like you just mentioned, Pittsburgh's rushing defense, really, really freaking good, like mm-hmm. top five nationally. Um, BC's got a really good rushing offense. I don't think they win that battle, and I don't think Dennis Grizzell makes enough plays to be able to win this football game, Joey. Mm-mm. It's as simple as that. And, you know, in some years I would say, okay, Boston College's defense, they can find a way. They can, you know, they can stop the run. They can, they can stop the pass. They can keep it close with their defense. This isn't one of those years, Joey. And Pittsburgh's offense hasn't been great. I mean, I saw them in person last Saturday in Blacksburg, and they weren't very good. 
Uh, granted, the weather was horrible as well. But Pittsburgh has been one of the worst offenses in the ACC. I could see Boston College covering in theory. I cannot see them winning this game outright, especially on the road in Heights Field. It's just as simple as that. I don't think BC can score enough points to beat Pittsburgh, even against a bad Pittsburgh offense. And let's see if they prove me wrong. But, you know, the bread and butter of what they do is running the football, and I don't think they can do it against this Pittsburgh defense. Yeah. Yeah, in conference games, Pitt is 12th in the in the conference in points per game. Just pure, you know, straight up, how many points he's scoring per game against conference opponents. Care to guess the two that are worse? Tell me, Joey. Georgia Tech. Yep. At 13. Yep. And at 14, NC State. Oh, yeah. Two bad teams. Yeah, not great. So that's not good company to keep. But then again, that's not pace adjusted. So, it, you know. It's not that not as bad as it looks, but we've we've well documented the uh, the issues that Pitt has had on offense this year. Um, I'm going to take the points of Boston College here, Mike, um, and, and if I'm going to give the Eagles uh, like maybe like a ten to twenty percent chance of winning this game, I think they're going to come out playing hard, playing desperate, all this stuff. Um, they are not going to quit. You know, they're going to they're going to hang around as long as they possibly can. A, B, Pitt's offense, even against a, a decidedly bad Boston College defense, right. Pitt's offense I don't think is going to get a ton of separation here, um, especially with, you know, Boston College playing, you know, playing their tails off. So I know. Give me Boston College in the points. I, I'm not going to pick them outright, but maybe six, seven points uh, yep. Pitt wins by. That's how I feel too. Uh, maybe we go like 27-21 Pittsburgh. I'm with it. Something like that. And that would be a couple points under the total of 51 and a half. Um, so you're, you're going Boston College in the points as well? I'm going Boston College in the points, but Pittsburgh outright. And I don't think it's even that high scoring, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that's just a lot of points, again, in a Pittsburgh game. It is. Where I don't know that they've – have they won a game? Let's see. They won one game by more than seven points this year, if I'm not mistaken, against conference opponents. They beat Duke by three, Syracuse by seven. They lost to Miami by four, beat Georgia Tech by ten, and beat UNC by seven. So they've played a whole bunch of close games. I don't see any reason that was, uh, that'll stop right now. Yeah, so we'll go I, I agree. Boston College in the under? Boston College in the under. It seems like a safe pick. I feel better about BC covering than I do about the under, though, for what it's worth. I do think it'll be lower scoring than what you mentioned, mm-hmm. but gun to my head, I'd, I'd rather pick BC covering than this game going under it's a conference game at the end of the year bc's playing for a lot it could get weird yeah boston college by the way they are two and five in their last seven games so Joey, is that bad it's not yeah not really uh not really what you're going for not what you hope for they miss so, anthony brown they do they really do all right let's move on uh 12:30 on the acc network extra the wake forest steam and deeks on the road in not the Carrier Dome, just the what the the dome, the Syracuse Dome, just the dome, the dome uh, against the Orange. Wake is a four and a half point favorite here. Total is sixty eight. Does that seem like a low line to you? It seems like a low line, and it seems like a lot of points for a Syracuse offense that hasn't been very good, Joey. Mm-hmm. And not that the Wake Forest defense has been good because it hasn't been, but mm-hmm. that Syracuse offense is, uh, whew, man. Wake has uh, really struggled offensively, though, particularly since Sage Surratt went out. Um, they have, have struggled to replace him in a lot of ways. I'll say that. So why is this total so high? 
Uh, probably because neither defense is particularly good. Um, both offenses have shown the ability to be potent at times. Right. Um, especially, I mean, Wake has been potent for most of the most of the year. I mean, they're one of the best scoring offenses, not only in the conference but in the country. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. Wake is, Wake does seem like they've kind of run out of steam here a little bit in the last couple of weeks. They they did win, you know, pretty convincingly over Duke last week, but before that, it was a couple of, you know, it was about six quarters of being absolutely shelled by Virginia Tech and then Clemson. So I don't know. Um, only four and a half points. It's making me nervous, Mike. I yeah, uh, I'm still gonna ride with Wake, man. Go with what you know. I, I, I get that the offense has struggled without Sage Surratt. I, I get that, right? And it hasn't looked quite as good in, in recent weeks. But I don't know, Joey. I mean, you look at what they've gone up against as well, and take that into consideration. I mean, they still still scored 39 points against Duke last weekend, and the two weeks before that, they played Virginia Tech. You know, when Sage Surratt got hurt. Um, they lost that game 36 to 17 and then they played Clemson, right? Mm-hmm. Scored three points against Clemson, which I thought they would score a little bit more than that against the Tigers. But at the same time, Clemson's defense is elite, elite, elite. And unlike anything that Wake Forest has seen defensively all year. So I don't really fault Wake Forest maybe as much on offense. And I, I do think it has changed. I acknowledge that, but I'm not sure it's changed enough where I'm all of a sudden worried about them not scoring on Syracuse. So yeah. I'm going to roll with Wake. I feel like this game should go under, but I'd stay away from it because I don't know why the total's that high. Yeah, a total of 68 is whew, a lot. A lot of points. Fairly spicy. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just going to go with Wake. Syracuse, I mean, the only thing Syracuse has to play for here is like a miracle APR bull berth. Um, they said it four and seven. They are a, a loss here away from finishing four and eight for the third time in four years under Dino Babers. Um, so much has just not gone well for them this year. They, they've gotten blown out on multiple occasions by varying quality of opponent. Yeah, I think we just take Wake here. Um, yep. Wake. I mean, Wake has been one of the more reliable teams in the conference all year. I, I just, yeah, I think you you just go with that and, and trust them that they're going to show up in a. Uh, a game that they should win. Only four okay. and a half. They win this game by seven to ten points, especially if this. You thing, would think so. Especially if this gets into a shootout, their defense is good enough to get a couple of stops here or there. Especially yep. against a decidedly meh Syracuse offense. Like, yeah, give me, uh, give me Wake, and I'll, I'll give those four and a half points, and I'll say they win maybe by 10, 37, 27, something like that. That's how it should go. But yeah, all right. All right, let's go with the Deeks. Uh, 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. The North Carolina Tar Heels, a nine-point favorite over in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Taking on the NC State Wolfpack, totals 55-and-a-half. This seems like a, a huge line, but NC State has given us so little to go off of lately. Uh, North Carolina playing for bowl eligibility. NC State playing for beating North Carolina, and that's about it at this point. Yep. Um. I, I don't hate the Wolfpack to cover nine. I don't know how they would necessarily, but North Carolina ha, has lost several games in a row here. Um, at the, but at the same time, well, I, I say that, they uh, they won last week against Mercer. Body bag game. I, I tweeted this out earlier this week, Mike. Uh, you realize that North Carolina has, in, in 11 games, nine of them have finished within seven points? 
and all six losses have been seven points or less. That's right. Which is kind of bizarre. Um, I think our buddy it's Jeff bizarre Greenberg... And, yeah, I was going to say bizarre and a record. Yeah, Jeff Greenberg said this is the, the most one-score games that any team has played, what did he say, since like 1936 or something like that? A long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that, That's how rare this is, that they just play close game after close game. So... Um, if you're a, a North Carolina fan, I hope you have like insurance and you're uh, getting your, your your cardiac health checked up after this season. Um, man, nine points is like it's kind of a lot, but it's not that much, especially knowing that NC State's going to struggle to score as much as they are. I think I think you know what what the hell? Give me the points with the Wolfpack. Um, I think North Carolina gets this done, but it's fairly close in a uh, in a rivalry spot here. Um, UNC continues to play close games, but I think NC State is going to focus on running the ball. I think North Carolina's defense is a little bit worn down this late in the season, and this is a competitive one. It is not super high scoring, but North Carolina pulls it out but by less than nine. I think North Carolina wins. I think they cover. I don't think this is a good game. You, I don't think it's a good game. You do think they cover? Sorry. I do think they cover. Okay. I, don't think this is a good game i don't think nc state will play well i don't think they have a good quarterback any of them no, um, they don't. uh north carolina's defense has not been great but nc state's offense has been worse give me north carolina going away i, I think they win this game by 14 to 17 points uh, this is joey to be honest with you this might be my pick of the week hmm. i might lock that up right now Can i lock that up right now Sure, yeah. Okay. UNC this, this minus my, the nine? UNC minus the nine, Joey. This is my pick of the week. Whoa. All right. Feeling bold with almost ten points there. Um, UNC been a bit of a mixed bag against the spread here. Uh, let's – they've covered, what, five? Five of 11 games. They're five, five, and one against the spread, I think. So there's a push even in there. So, you know, uh, for what that's worth. NC State on the way – by the way – uh, they are three and eight against the spread, and they've failed to cover five straight weeks. If you uh, if you at least look at the closing line, um, so yeah, um, I'm sure that'll change this week. Oh, definitely. Yeah, sure. All right, um, that's all we got in the way of conference games for now. Unless Mike, you want to do our uh, our last conference game now, or we just want to push that off to the end. Let's push off to the end, Joe. Yeah, we, uh, that's, that's at the bottom of the uh, the schedule. That was an honest honest mistake, but we're just going to leave it there, and uh, it'll be funny when we get there. So, It's already funny. Let's hit the uh, let's hit the ACC-SEC challenge here right quick, Mike, um, as you're, like, throwing alley-oops or whatever you're doing on your end. I don't know. That was uh, – you sh- shooting threes over there? Just tossing, uh, tossing a pair of earbuds across the room. Oh, there you go. All right. Don't ask Don't ask me why. Dilly dilly. I'll explain later. Yeah. Tis the season. Uh, noon on everybody's favorite channel to watch ACC football, the SEC Network. Uh, the Louisville Cardinals taking on the Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. This is a uh, Louisville's a three-point underdog here. This is a game played for the Governor's Cup, and it is informally known as the Bourbon Bowl. Mike. Uh, yep. Mike, do you do you remember the time that Bobby Boucher came back at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl? <laughs> I do. Yeah. All right, well, this, this is a different one Bourbon Bowl. Of all, one, yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time, Joey. Of course, of course. It's a classic. How can you forget? Totals 53 and a half. Um, 
I'm a little surprised that Louisville is an underdog in this game. Um, and, and basically three points in Lexington tells me that Vegas thinks these teams are basically equal. Um, Kentucky playing with a wide receiver, converted wide receiver at quarterback. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. started the season as a wide receiver and is now uh, completed, you know, almost 50% of his passes, only thrown a couple picks, you know, over a few games now that they've been doing this. It's the quirkiest, most college football thing that's maybe happened all year. Um, and yet, I mean, Kentucky's been okay down the stretch here. They beat Missouri. They beat uh, Vanderbilt on the road. They kept it close against Tennessee at home. I mean, he's good. Kentucky's reasonably good. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, Louisville has played so well all year. Um, I mean, they, they, at this point, they're bowl eligible. They've won seven games. I mean, the, the eight win thing is still on the table. Kentucky just seems like they've had a bit of a tough year coming back from like going nine and four or whatever it was last year. I mean, I, I like Louisville outright here. I, you know, we've, we've kind of looked at this for a month or so saying this is probably a win. I don't know why I'd change that now. Just seeing that, you know, they're, they're an underdog here. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been saying that Louisville's going to win eight games since like mid to late October. Mm -hmm. So like you said, why stop now? Um, <laughs> I'm going with Louisville as well, and, and Kentucky's uh, – Mark Stoops has done a pretty good job considering the injuries he's had, what he lost to the NFL, and not having Benny Snell anymore. And, you know, you're playing Lynn Bowden at, at quarterback, and he's a receiver, and they're making it work. He's They're not mm -hmm. turning it over a ton. They're running the ball well. Uh, Kentucky is – they've been pretty exciting to watch on offense despite – not really having a passing attack. Uh, Louisville's defense has been fine, you know, good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, Louisville's offense has been quite good. Mikhail Cunningham's been very good. Javion Hawkins continues to emerge at the running back position. And mm -hmm. Tutu Atwell's been a force all season, 11 touchdowns over 1,000 yards receiving. It's a rivalry game. I do think the teams are very even. I am taking Louisville outright. I would not recommend betting this in real life, but I'm taking Louisville outright because... Uh, why would I back away from this, Joey? Yeah, I yeah. This is so few points that it feels like if you're going to do something, I guess you take Louisville outright. But I, I agree that I, I'm a little bit spooked by the line, and I I haven't watched Kentucky closely enough, and I don't know that either of these teams is a hundred percent definitely like reliable enough to to know what they're going to give you on a given game. Uh, remember, Louisville just came off. You know, they, their first six quarters out of a bye week were some of the worst they've played all year. Um, so that's not really like confidence inspiring. We'll say that. Um, I'm gonna pull up and see. I'm gonna as we're uh, this is good podcasting, by the way. Yeah, that's cool. Find out what SP Plus thinks about these two teams. Um, mm. I have not. Huh. I have not looked that up just yet. Um. Tell me something else about this game while I work on this here, Mike. Okay, no problem. I can do that. Um, oh, man. Um, Kentucky's offense, right? So we talk about how it's been kind of interesting and Lynn Bowen, a quarterback, and you know what have they been able to do? I mean, they're still averaging 380 yards per game. They're averaging 252 yards per game rushing. Um, Louisville's defense hasn't been great at stopping the run this year. They've been much better at stopping the pass than they have been against the run. They've been pretty mediocre overall in both categories, Louisville's defense, but they're giving up almost 215 yards per game. And against a Kentucky offense that 
really likes to run it because they can't do a lot of throwing of the thing. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) That might be the path for Kentucky, right? And by might be, I mean that is the path for Kentucky to win this game. There's really no other way to slice it. Kentucky isn't going to go out and throw for 300 yards of this football game, and that's going to be the way they figure it out. I mean, they're one of the worst passing teams in the FBS. There's a reason why. There's a receiver playing quarterback. There's... uh, not a lot to love at the quarterback position as far as throwing the football for Kentucky, Joey. Yeah. That, that's the thing is that in, in so many ways, they are fairly one-dimensional on offense at this point, which for defenses that can be uh, deficient, like Louisville's has been at times, defending a really simplified offense can really help to make a deficient defense look a little more competent. We'll say that. I agree. By the way, uh, SP Plus has Kentucky by almost six points. Um, and a 63% chance to win. So I'm sure we're, we're right. I'm sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah. what could go wrong? Uh, Kentucky is 47th nationally. Louisville is 57th nationally. So a couple points difference, then home field advantage, and voila, there you go. So, you know, whatever. Yep. I'm sure we're right. Uh, all right, Louisville in the three and just outright, and 53 and a half, I don't really have opinions there. Maybe over. Maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, Louisville's shown the ability to generate a lot of big plays. Kentucky has shown the ability to catch some people off guard. Louisville's defense has shown the ability to give up big plays. So, yeah, it, it could be uh, could be a few big plays deciding this one. So, sure, maybe over, but I don't have strong feelings there. All right, fair enough. Noon on ABC, Mike. It's clean, old-fashioned hate. Um, this is... Well, this is telling me that Georgia Tech's playing a game this week. I didn't. I, I've, I really thought the season was over here. Um, it is over. They're they're a twenty eight and a half point underdog at home oh. uh, against the number four Georgia Bulldogs. Allegedly, um, again, they say this is on ABC, so it'll be there for the whole country to watch. Um, if you don't even have to have a cable box for this, uh, it is clean old fashioned hate, Mike. Here's the thing: if we're going to talk about what path does Georgia Tech have to cover in this game, first of all. Can they win this game? No. Just throw that out right now. That's just, Don't waste your time. That's not yeah. on the table. Let's not have a discussion. It's, I mean, if Georgia found a way to lose this game, it would be – like this would be maybe worse than App State Michigan. I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, or FIU Miami. Or FIU. Yeah. That could be even worse than that. Um, yeah. Worse than that? Georgia it's Tech. possible. Yeah. Georgia Tech has absolutely nothing to speak of on either side of the ball on the, on the line – that mm. Georgia has any business being beaten by. Um, so Georgia could probably win this game without throwing a pass. Um, even if they did throw passes, it doesn't really worry me because Georgia's not very good at passing the ball to begin with. Um, if you want to pass... Get your shots in, Joey. Get your shots in. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm just waiting until Georgia goes and gets the doors blown off by LSU. That, that'll be uh, coming here a week later. So that's all fine. Georgia Tech can cover this game because Georgia is decidedly disinterested in scoring very many points. Yes. Um, Georgia would be more than happy to win this game like 27 to nothing. You know, yep. that kind of thing. So even if Georgia Tech doesn't get on the board, there's a chance they could cover. Um, Georgia's offense is going to go slow. They're they're probably saving everything up for LSU next week. I know that there's no love loss between Kirby Smart and Jeff Collins and, and in this rivalry in general and blah, 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 blah. But like Georgia really does not have to exert itself in this game whatsoever. I don't expect Jake Fromm to play like the fourth quarter. 
I don't think Georgia Tech is going to have anything in the in the bag of tricks to make this super competitive in any way, shape, or form. At least Georgia can put Justin Fields in in the fourth quarter. Wait, wait oh. a second. Oh, wait, wait a second. Is that Heisman candidate Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields that we're talking That's about? That's correct. That is correct. Hmm. Interesting. Why did you, I don't know why you brought that up, Mike, but that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't want to pick this game at all. Um, this is so many points, but it's also just not that many, and, and Georgia Tech legit might not score. I think the smart play is the under. The total's 46 and a half. Um, I see almost no way that this game goes over. Um, so I think with what, what Georgia has on deck um, and just by the nature of their team in general, I maybe maybe Georgia Tech covers. I, I really wouldn't bet this either way, uh, but I really feel good about this game going under, and that that might be my pick of the week. I like the under as well. I'm not sure Georgia Tech scores. If they do, it won't be like more than six, probably. Uh, Georgia is totally disinterested in scoring points, but if Georgia Tech doesn't get on the board, I think Georgia covers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Georgia can get into the 30s. Even for a team that's totally disinterested in scoring, they can get into the 30s by accident, which Kirby Smart's going to make his team, you know, do up-downs and run hills if they score more than 30 points. So, Which, by the way, Georgia hadn't scored 30 points in a game since. Any guesses? How, well, let's say this. How many games would you guess Georgia has played in a row without scoring 30 points? Oh, five or six? It's six, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are five and one in the six games since scoring 43 points at Tennessee. That is, mm. uh, that's. I mean, that's their power five high water mark. You know, they scored 63 on Murray State and 55 on Arkansas State weeks two and three. 23 on Notre Dame, 43 on Tennessee, and then it's been 17, 21, 24, 27, 21, and 19. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Um, not... Not been a lot of games that have seen much scoring from Georgia. So I guess uh, Georgia's going to cover. What do I know? They're, they're, they're for sure, like their people are going to know what the spread is, got some donors. You know, Kirby knows what the spread is. They're going to win this game like 31 to nothing. Just make sure they cover. You know, I, I, I'm going to say the, the official score projection is like 38 to 7. That goes under the total. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I think they're going to make it a point to cover. We'll put it that way. Um, so, yeah. cover town, cover town, ugly game. Don't watch it. Don't waste your time. If Georgia lo- loses, we're talking more about Kirby Smart's job security than anything else. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk about a program like imploding on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, losing this game and then going and taking the shellacking they're going to take against LSU would be. Yep. Wow, that would set a table. But, um, Mike, you got. Did you take Georgia to cover or Georgia Tech? Uh, I'm taking Georgia to cover. Okay. I no reason to pick Georgia Tech to cover here. The hook on the 28 and a half does does spook me a little bit. And it and does. Yeah. Again, I I would not pick this game. This feels like a, a lot of those like week one, week two games where again it's a huge point spread and, and one team is definitively like way better than the other and yet like weird things can happen. It doesn't take much for Georgia Tech to get to like you know, 31 to 10 or something like that. And it's, it's a blowout, but there's no cover. So I would not, would not recommend betting this. Do not bet the under though. 
Bet the under. I, I do recommend that. Uh, 7.30 on the SEC Network. This is the Sunshine Showdown. The Sunshine Sunshine State Showdown? Or just the Sunshine... Let's see. I gotta... Because, again, we are uh, so well prepared. Yeah. No, just the Sunshine Showdown. She sells seashells by the seashore. All right. There you go. Florida State's a 17-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Gainesville against the number 11 Florida Gators. Uh, Florida been pretty good this year in a lot of ways. They've had a couple of, of fairly tough losses to the two teams that are going to be seeing each other in Atlanta next week, uh, LSU and Georgia. Um, both of those pretty competitive losses, honestly. Um, you know, LSU got a timely turnover, turned it into a score, and that was how a, a you know, a otherwise tie game became a 14-point game. And the loss to Georgia was about as competitive as a game as Georgia's had to play all year. And other than that, Florida's beaten everybody. Um, and <laughs> I don't think they've won any of those games. I think only two games that they've won this year have been by a single score. They've beaten a lot of teams and, and beaten them up pretty bad. So um, going to be interesting to see how Florida State plays with Odell Haggins still at the helm. It seems like they've played better in, in his stints where he's been the interim head coach and uh, they've had to play for him. They they love playing for him and, and are going to play hard. This is a, a fairly nasty rivalry game. I don't know that it's, it's nasty in the way that Florida State-Miami is, but it's not nice either. Um, yeah. 17 and a half, kind of a lot. You want those points, Mike? I don't see Florida State scoring much, Joey. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um Throwing the football has been an issue, and Cam Akers has carried them. He's been really good. Florida's rushing defense is damn good, though. And I just don't see Florida State running the ball that well. And, man, James Blackman uh, slash any combination of quarterbacks uh, for Florida State, uh, whether it be Hornybrook or whoever else they want to throw in there into the ring, I just don't see them throwing the ball well on Florida either. I, I got Florida covering here, Joey. I know it's a lot of points. I just don't see Florida State scoring a ton here. Um, and Florida's offense hasn't been, you know, God-worthy or something. This isn't a Florida offense. It's been so outstanding that Florida State can't hang around for a bit. But, man, I have a really, really hard time picking Florida State in any capacity here. Mm-hmm. The the thing that I, I wonder about is, in, in a twisted way, is Florida State a better team here at the end of the year without Willie Taggart? Um, there, there have been a lot of rumors coming out of that Florida State program that Willie was really meddling, especially with the offense. And with him out of the way, if Odell Haggins is just letting Kendall Bryles do his job, yep, we saw him score 38 against Boston College. That's not a super meaningful thing. We saw him score 49 against Alabama State. That's also not a super meaningful thing. But maybe, maybe there is a little bit more effectiveness there than we saw earlier in the year. I don't know. Um, Maybe a little bit of the same thing on defense. I it's it's kind of hard to say. Again, I hate these games with these like huge point spreads where so much can go wrong and you know end up one way or the other. Right. Um. Give me Florida State and the seventeen and a half. I you know I think they score ten to fourteen points in this game. It's a really good Florida defense. Um. I I think they're going to hold Florida's offense in check to some degree, but it. I mean, it might not be my much. It might be like 27 to 10, you know, um, 31-14, something like that. I, I think it's still a fairly comfortable win for Florida. But give me, especially 17 in the hook, give me the points. Yeah. Um, 53 and a half, I don't think it gets super high scoring. 
Um, so I'll go under 53 and a half here. Okay. Okay. I, I think the under is a, a pretty safe play. Okay. All right. Well, we disagree on that one, and it's uh, sort of with the under we agree on. We do, and we only sort of disagree on the spread. Yeah, it's it's hard. Again, seventeen and a half. What are we, what are we talking about? Right. Anyways, uh, noon on ESPN. We got two more here, Mike. Uh, mm. Noon on ESPN. This is the Palmetto Bowl. I'm not gonna have to look that one up. That's definitely what it oh, is. Oh yeah. Want to see a dead body? Yeah. The number three Clemson Tigers, a 27 point favorite in Columbia, South Carolina, taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, totals 51. Clemson. Clemson. Don't get in the way of the train, Mike. Clemson. Clemson huge here. I don't really even feel the need to discuss this. I like the over. Uh, for Clemson by themselves or what? Sure. I mean, they, they could. <laughs> I like I like the over here, too. I think this is, man, like, what do you think? Like, 41-10, covered by half a point. I, I, I don't see how South Carolina is going to be scoring much in this game. I mean, they're 4-7. and seven. This game did get, like, way more exciting than anticipated last year. But, I mean, Clemson's trying to make a statement here. Um, I... South Carolina has not had a whole lot going for it, really. I mean, their last five games, they're one and four. They had a loss to App State in there. They scored six points at Texas A&M. They're getting pretty beat up on both sides of the ball. There's questions about Will Muschamp. I mean, they there's not a lot of reason to think that they're going to be playing really inspired football here. Clemson, on the other hand, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think they'll score 52 points maybe by themselves, like I said. So this is not like some big step up in competition, in my mind, from – what they're they've been getting week in week out in the ACC, right, right. So. I agree. This is I, South Carolina is so bad, man. Mm-hmm. I just this won't be competitive. Yeah, I don't. Let's call so. it what it is. It just won't be competitive. Yeah, SP Plus has Clemson by nineteen and a half, but I I don't know that they're uh, cutting down <laughs> South Carolina as much as they should. Yeah, I was gonna say based on what. <laughs> Based on what, like South Carolina is good on defense, you know. At are they twenty sixth overall? Yeah, but ninety first on offense, and you ain't scoring on Clemson if if you can't move the ball on most teams. So yeah, and Clemson can score on anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, Alabama had a really good defense last year too, and oh man, national championship that got ugly quick. Yeah, Clemson been on an absolute tear. Let's see what they've been doing against the spread here lately. Let me pull this up right quick. Hey, Joey, uh, while you're pulling that up, Trevor Lawrence, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions, only 20 incompletions over his last four games. I And we talked about him for the Heisman before the season? Uh, I think we may have. This is embarrassing. It's like we don't know anything. God. Uh, why can't I find this? Uh, yeah, tre- Trevor Lawrence is down here, Joey. 25-75 through the air. Uh, mm-hmm. 27 touchdowns, 8 picks. Hmm. Down year. Yeah. It's Down year rough. is almost, 20, almost 2,600 yards, and it's sure to be at least 2,700 before we even get to the playoff. Yeah. Clemson 8-3 and three against the spread, by the way, and they've covered, what, five of their last six? So, basically, since that North Carolina debacle, uh, they're 5-1 and one against the spread. And that's spreads of 26, 24 and a half, 35, 47 and a half, and 35 and 34 and a half. And they've covered four out of five. Um, oh, the only, yeah. The only non-cover being against Wofford, that 47 and a half point spread. So 
Um, yeah, I, I feel good about the Tigers here. Yeah. Yeah, so they're basically undefeated against the spread. Mm-hmm. And we're going over in this game. Bigly. We are we are going over. Bigly. Um, can I make Clemson my pick of the week? Oh, it's not going to be that under? In the... No. Uh, no. I in don't... the Georgia game? The more I think about it, I don't know. Maybe Georgia tries to make a statement or something. Georgia Tech seems like they've run out of gas a little bit. I don't know. I could see that going sideways, maybe. Right. Clemson only four touchdowns. <laughs> like this is the smallest spread they've seen, you know, in in months. So, yeah, I think they can cover this against a decidedly bad South Carolina team. Okay, so, yeah, pick of the week. Give me Clemson minus the twenty-seven. What the hell? What what are we what are we doing here? Not only are we not getting in the way of the train, Mike, we're getting on the train. Oh, been on the train. Going right to Covertown, baby. Hell yeah, we've been on that train. There you go. All right, uh, Clemson in the over. Pick there. And last but not least, but kind of least, 3.30 on ESPN2, Mike, the Miami Hurricanes, a nine-point favorite on the road taking on the Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> Nine points, huh? That's it? Yeah. That's um, funny. They I... were a 21-point favorite against FIU. <laughs> we'll throw back Thursday action for you there. Yeah. I... Um... Man, I don't know what to do with this. I... I'll tell you what to do with it, Joey. Yeah. I'll tell you what to do with it. Take Miami because they're pissed off. I'll tell you what to do with it. Uh, uh-huh. We haven't done this in about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Joey, let's play a little game of coin flip, shall we? Uh-oh. This let's is, break it out. This does kind of feel like coin flip territory here. Um, yeah, Miami, a nine-point favorite on the road against a Duke team that doesn't have a ton to play for, and yet Miami, I could see some internal rebellion coming after they were coached to a loss over FIU. Um this could go all sorts of directions. So, yeah, what the hell, Mike? Let's flip a coin. Let's flip a coin. Uh, we're going to say Miami, the favorite, is heads. Uh, no, 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 no. No, Miami gets to be, no, no. Uh, gets to be the My, tail. My, Miami has to be the tail because they got their asses kicked by FIU. <laughs> They're the tail. <laughs> got them. Uh, yeah. Okay, Duke, heads, Miami, tails. We ready? Let's do it. Flip a coin. Heads. Heads. <laughs> so it's Duke. 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 And we're both going with it, too. I, yeah. I hate it. Thanks, I hate no, it. You don't. No, no, you don't. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, no. Duke's, Duke's at home. They are at home. Um, I'm just guessing old man Cutcliffe would love to um, crap in Manny Diaz's Cheerios. Um, I don't know. I mean, sh- should Miami win this game by at least 10 points? Yep. Will they? Who knows? It's time to spin the wheel of destiny. Um, the, the answer is no, because we just picked Duke. Yeah. So. so. All right. Well, Duke it is. That feels like that's going to go poorly. Total's 45. I don't know. Leave it alone. Maybe under. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe under. Maybe under. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Two terrible football teams. Indeed. All right, uh, Mike, that's all the games for this week. Picks of the week. I am on number three, Clemson, minus the 27 on the road in Columbia against South Carolina. Tar Heels. You are on the Tar Heels, minus nine in Raleigh. Tar Heels. That's what they do in the stands. Oh, is it? It is. That's that's a thing. Yeah, so any North Carolina fans listening to this will understand. In case you forgot. Um, In case you forgot, you... 
get to hear me yelling into your radio or earbuds <laughs> or whatever. By the way, Sorry. NC, NC State's already getting ready for a uh, hockey game to be played at their stadium. I don't know if you saw this. Mm. I guess yeah. the Carolina Hurricanes are one of the very few teams in the NHL that haven't played an outdoor hockey game. So, And their stadium's right next door to PNC Arena. Yeah, so just you know, move the rink over there and it'll be fine. NC State basketball and the Carolina Hurricanes share an arena. That's kind of neat. Is it? Yeah. You got kinda a pro cool. sponsorship and everything. Hell yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah, not bad. All right. Um, Mike, anything else in week 14? Did we forget? I feel like we forgot something. Did we forget anything? No, I don't think so. Okay. I'll trust you. All right. Um, well, you got any uh, big Thanksgiving plans? People coming over to your house? What, what's going on? Yeah, family's coming in. So I don't have to travel this year. Last year I was traveling. Mm-hmm. I was down in Florida, so not hmm. doing that this year. So Good, good. Yeah. No, I'll be local. It'll be good. Yeah, we are not going to Jamaica this year. Um, throwback uh, for the folks who remember that from a couple of years ago. That was yeah. that was a disaster. That was. Recording there was fun. Recording there was fun. Um, getting getting back was a bit of a disaster. There was a flood while we were there, if you if you remember that. That was a whole thing. But um, shout out my mom for, uh, for putting that whole thing together. It was a fun trip, and it was well-planned and all this. And then Mother Nature intervened. And uh, you can't really, can't really do anything about that. So. No, nope, can't account for that. Um, so anyways, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're staying here. We're going over to the in-laws. Uh, I think I'm cooking a brisket. Um, okay. mostly just need to redeem myself from a few weeks ago where I made one. It was horrific. So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna try again. Okay. Don't fail twice. I, I'm gonna try. Otherwise I might be, uh, two strikes. I'm out. So no pressure's on. Maggie's, gonna, Ma- Maggie's out here skipping strike three. <laughs> I only get so many chances at cooking here, Mike. That's, this is true. <laughs> so you gotta feed a kid too. So, you know, that's, that's right. That's right. I gotta teach him the, uh, the ways of how to work your way around a smoker and such so anyways yeah yeah he's not even a year old yet I, i'm sure he'd be into that <laughs> i'll uh, i'll report back on how that goes but in any case um enjoy your uh enjoy your thanksgiving you too man and uh are you, are you going to charlottesville for the game i am not i i thought about it i am not but okay it's all good couldn't find tickets oh yeah that that's that's always a problem when going to uva athletic events <laughs> <laughs> Figured I'd tee you up for that one. Okay. Yeah, that was that was very easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, enjoy that game on Friday and all the other games on Saturday. And uh, I have a tougher Joey. I have a tougher time finding a seat at church than I do going to UVA game. <laughs> uh, things I didn't think I'd hear in 2019, but anyway, too easy. Just way too easy. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, Mike. We're gonna come back and recap these games probably on Sunday, and we'll uh, we'll have an official ACC championship to talk about too. We will. All right. Well, until then, y'all can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you, and we appreciate those who have. And, uh, again, we got a, a great, great email here in the last week or so that we will be addressing here in the uh, near future. So um, please keep sending your, your thoughts on all the things that we're saying wrong. And uh, we, will, uh, we will address them. I promise. Or all the or all the, all the things that we're saying right that you think we're saying wrong because you haven't listened to our podcast for more than twenty minutes. Right. Yes. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Mike McDaniel CFB. Come at me, baby. Come at Mike. Uh, Mike. Open. Open twenty four seven three sixty five. DMs are open too. I bet. Uh, oh, Mike, man. you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app. 
Where refined podcasts are sold for free. And most importantly, Mike, they can find us in the Anchor app. We ask them, uh, appreciate those who have. Please share us with your friends. Um, we have, uh, we've had a really good run this season. So thank you guys for, uh, for joining us and sticking with us all year. Yep. Uh, Mike, you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, keep emailing us hate mail. Keep uh, tweeting at our account. Keep sending us questions. Keep interacting with us on social media. It is all good stuff, whether you like what we say or not. We appreciate the interaction. So yeah. just want to add that in. Absolutely. Tis the season. Um, all right, Mike, you want to come back and uh, recap these games on Sunday? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Have a, uh, have a great holiday. Wish the, the, the listeners a great holiday as well. And uh, look forward to talking again soon. Be safe, anybody, everybody. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. That's right. Um, that's not a very long list for what it's worth. But don't do anything correct. Mike wouldn't do. That is correct. All don't right. house a meatball sub before you record a podcast. <laughs> not recommended. Not recommended. All right, Mike, go take care of that, and we'll talk soon. All right, bye. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Enjoy the games, and until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.